One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome to Banking Weekly from the Financial Times with me, Patrick Jenkins. Joining me in the studio today is Martin Arnold, our banking editor. And our guest this week is James Chappell, an analyst at Berenberg. This week, we'll be looking at the latest example of bank bailouts in Italy. The warning from China's bank regulator about the country's acquisitive companies. And finally, the latest order from the Bank of England to get banks here in the UK to increase their capital buffers. First, though, to Italy. And I was talking earlier this morning over breakfast with James Chappell from Berenberg about Italy's latest bank bailouts, the rescue of Vicenza and Veneto banks. I started by asking James whether this undermined the whole concept of resolution, whereby taxpayers should no longer be on the hook for the rescue of banks. James, thanks for joining us on this busy bistro breakfast that we're having. Looking at the Italian situation, how do you think this will be seen by the broader investing public and by taxpayers around Europe? Is this proof that the whole resolution scheme that was devised to stop taxpayers footing the bill for failing banks, is that all dead in the water now? Well, I think perhaps there's a number of sort of things to think through here. I think that from the equity side, I think people, as you saw with share price yesterday, saw it as a relief that this problem had been dealt with. I think also from an Italian perspective, I think they very much hope this has put an end to the concerns. But I think looking at a wider European perspective, there are concerns as to belief and faith in the BRRD, whether it will be rigorously applied across all economies or various countries will choose to apply it as they see fit in this situation. Uh, from our perspective, I think it potentially raises debt prices in terms of cost of funding and cost of equity prices for smaller banks. And also, from our perspective, we do question whether, when you look at this, this has actually got to the end of the Italian NPL situation, really. And the difficulty is it's going to be quite opaque in terms of what happens going forwards. But we think there's definitely more banks that need more capital in Italy. So we'll keep watching the space. Optimists might say this is just one last bailout before the new rules really start getting applied, especially to, to big systemically important institutions. It sounds like you don't believe that that's the case. Ultimately, I think that when you look at leverage across the system, it still remains too high. For those that think there's excess capital across the system, we don't think it's there. We think it merely accrues to the regulator, not shareholders. Basel IV is obviously soon to come, and when you look across different regions, they continue to ask for higher levels of capital. And so from our perspective, we've never really believed in the BRRD and that too big to fail still exists. 
ultimately because I don't think the economies are strong enough to absorb that kind of shock anymore and that governments would continue to need to provide reassurance that banks are safe and can continue to, to operate so that we'd continue to expect to see capital accruing to regulators from that perspective and obviously people, equity shareholders need to question dividends going forwards. And from taxpayers' point of view, in a word, we're going to say uh, we're going to see more taxpayer bailouts. I think what what Italy shows you is that ultimately it's the governments that backstop this. But I think that taxpayers per se are unlikely to see the consequences directly. That ultimately governments will try and absorb the consequences or look for private sector solutions where banks are small enough. But if bigger banks were to get into troubles, that's where the question marks would begin to be raised again in that situation. As while MREL and other of these things look okay in, 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 in good times, as we saw in 07, 08, when the pressure's really on, we think these a lot of these instruments suffer a time consistency problem where regulators won't want to trigger them because of the not knowing what the consequences of them might be. So, Martin, what's your interpretation of this Italian saga? Because there are quite a few peculiarities about the stress in the Italian system right now. Optimists might say, you know, as I said to James, this is the kind of the last rescue, if you like, the the specifics around this to be worried about. What is your take? I very much doubt it's the last rescue, Patrick. I think that every single test case we've seen for the new European bank rescue rules is different. And people are contrasting the Veneto Bank's case with the case in Spain that happened a few weeks ago, Banco Popular, where, if you remember, the single resolution board did intervene, declared that Banco Popular was failing, and it was very quickly, they bailed in all the junior creditors, wiped out the shareholders and sold it for one euro to Santander. But there was no taxpayer money used in that and senior bondholders and depositors were protected in the in the Italian bank's case it was it was quite different because and and the main reason for that is is the peculiarities of the way that these banks these smaller banks in Italy have have funded themselves by selling junior bonds but also senior bonds to their own retail customers and presenting them very much like deposits so not warning them that they are not covered by deposit insurance when they buy these senior bonds they can be they can be wiped out if the bank gets into trouble they didn't really warn them so there's a mis-selling element to this but politically it makes it very hard for the Italian government and the Italian central bank to impose losses on those bondholders, particularly the senior bondholders, when many of those senior bonds of these small Veneto banks are held by retail depositors who put their life savings into these things. But we've known this is a problem for some time, and we'd thought that a way around it, a rather elegant way around it, would be to impose the the, the resolution rules to be seen to be you know in a new era, but at the same time to have some kind of compensation mechanism for those bondholders, maybe following through on, on mis-selling cases actually against the banks, but some way to actually impose the rules and yet compensate. Why do you think they haven't gone for that? Uh, option. I think there's also an element of the worry that if they did 
impose losses on senior bondholders. It could hit the funding costs of all the Italian banks and it could also hit the economies of the because they'd have to bail in depositors as well so they would have to bail in the deposits of uh, s- small businesses and 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 mid- mid-sized companies in this heavily industrialized area of northeast italy there's a big worry that that could be very economically damaging for the local economy and that's certainly the argument that the italians have made to win approval for this deal from authorities in brussels and and, and to a lesser extent frankfurt there is another point i'd, I'd like to make patrick which is that some investors I've spoken to have given a, a, a qualified welcome to this by saying that it shows flexibility in the rules where it's inappropriate uh, for the debt to be uh, bailed in, that there's some some bend, bendability, if you like, for these, these new European rules. Now, obviously, investors don't like the rules in the first place because bondholders don't like the idea that they could have big losses imposed on them. So you would expect them to say that. But I think one argument I've heard which does carry some weight is that there is a sequencing problem here. These new rules have come in allowing senior debt, senior bondholders to be to have losses imposed on them by regulators when banks fail. And yet they, the banks have not had time yet to build up the new form of capital, that, well, new form of debt that can explicitly be bailed in, this so-called MREL or TLAC, which is a loss-absorbing debt. So it's, it ranks somewhere between junior debt Debt and deposits. So it's senior debt, but it can explicitly be bailed in when a bank is uh, has, has gone bust effectively. And, and that, I think, once the banks have got that level of capital, then it will be easier for regulators to bail it in. I think at the moment, a lot of investors think that if they did try to to impose losses on senior bonds, then there could be serious legal challenges because it's not there's no real precedent for it. It's not really clear how they'd do that. Well, either way, this debate is likely to uh, to run on. I think we're seeing already people from Germany, people close to Angela Merkel's chancellor, protesting about the way the Italian situation has been dealt with. So this idea of a hardline response on resolution is, is going to be questioned. There may even be a changes to the rules, I suspect. Let's move on to our second topic. The Chinese banking regulator last week warned its, its banks that they should look more closely at their exposure to some of the most aggressive expansionist conglomerates in the country, those that have been expanding abroad through acquisitions, the likes of Anbang, HNA, Fosun, and Dalian Wanda. Now, this has sparked some concern, certainly concern among investors in those companies, although a limited scare among investors in the banks themselves. Joining me now to discuss the details of this story is Gabriel Wildau, who's our correspondent in China. Gabriel, thanks very much for joining us. So the, the bank stocks themselves have held up pretty well, despite this warning from the banking regulator. Is there nothing really to worry about in terms of the bank's exposure to these big, aggressive expansionist companies? I think if you'd asked a typical bank stock investor or bank analyst before last week, what are his biggest concerns about risks in China's banking system, he probably would not have listed exposure to these big conglomerates that have been so active with foreign acquisitions. So in that sense, it's not very surprising that we haven't seen bank stocks move strongly on this news. 
the way many people are interpreting the news last week of this survey, if you like, from the banking regulator to banks asking about their exposures is like a precautionary measure because what we've seen particularly with Anbang is the arrest of the chairman, which creates all kinds of unusual risks that aren't visible from a typical borrower's balance sheet. And in that context, if similar problems were to, were to appear with the other big conglomerates, then some of the risks that looked pretty small previously might be much larger. So, yeah, so how, how much should we see this news in that kind of broader political context, do you think? Some, some might in, have interpreted this as a kind of another way to send a shot across the bows of those expansionist conglomerates as a means to kind of stop them doing what they've been doing. I think from the banking regulator's perspective, it's above his pay grade to decide whether or not these big conglomerates should be making these splashy acquisitions. So Guo Ching, the, the chief banking regulator in China, I think his concern is probably to protect banks in the event that any of these conglomerates get into trouble. So he's not the one to decide whether they should continue the acquisition spree, but he wants to make sure that if somebody above his level decides that these companies have gone too far and decides to, for example, arrest another chairman, that that won't ripple through the banking system because his concern is the safety and solvency of the banking system. So I think the the signal he's sending is, hey, guys, probably you should be careful going forward in lending any more to these companies, or at least be very careful that you don't open up too large an exposure because there are all kinds of risks that really uh, very few people in China who aren't at the very top levels uh, will be able to predict about whether these companies uh, can get it, will get into trouble. A final word from you then maybe on just how risky these companies are. Many of them have been, uh, well, there are four, four groups in total, as I mentioned. They have generally been growing very aggressively abroad, often through you know, leveraged acquisitions of foreign companies. If the risks aren't a huge worry for the Chinese banking system itself, are they a worry more broadly? In my view, the risk comes primarily from these unpredictable political factors. So, most of these loans, whether it's loans for the domestic businesses of these companies or for their foreign acquisitions, will be collateralized by all kinds of different assets, many of them hard assets. But what, what can't be predicted is what will happen if another chairman goes down. And so I think whether it's foreign banks that have also lent to some of these acquirers for their, for their overseas acquisitions or whether it's uh, domestic domestic uh, lenders lending to their domestic business, they, they have to try to make a very difficult judgment about what the future holds for the, the chairman and their political fortunes. But I think for investors, looking at Chinese bank stocks, probably their big concern will be the traditional worries about exposure to real estate and steel and, and other overcapacity sectors and the exposure from these companies is probably pretty manageable. Well, let me bring Martin in there because, Gabe, you mentioned the exposure of, of Western banks to these companies. And I know, Martin, the Bank of England has just talked this morning about concerns it has about exposures that may be developing. The the head of the PRA, Sam Woods, I think, has, has made some comments on that this morning. 
I, I wasn't there, so I can't tell you exactly what he said, but I'm hearing from colleagues who were there that he said he was very concerned about specific UK banks' exposure to the Chinese economy and uh, that they had been in touch with Chinese regulators about this. We presume that he's referring specifically to HSBC and Standard Chartered, which are both UK-based banks with large operations in Hong Kong and in mainland China. So the question that that raises is whether they could be seeing specific intervention from the Bank of England or requests for more information on their Chinese exposure. Worth saying as well that if you look through the list of lenders to these companies through various transactions over the past couple of years, Barclays also figures quite highly on some of the leveraged loans. So definitely interesting that the PRA is looking at this closely. Very good. Thank you, Gabe. And thank you, Martin. Well, let's move on to our final topic of the day. And it's a neat segue, actually, from that point about the Bank of England's comments on Chinese banks, because the Bank of England has been holding a big press conference earlier this morning, publishing its financial stability report, which, among other things, looks at the uh, health of the UK banking system. And Martin, there's been some quite interesting developments in terms of their demands on uh, UK bank capital. That's right. So what's happened is the Bank of England has, for the second time in the past year, increased from zero to 0.5%, what's known as the counter-cyclical buffer. Now, this is a type of rainy day fund that it's not really a fund but a rainy day requirement that the regulator uh, has uh, at its discretion to force the banks to increase the amount of capital they have in good times so that in leaner times they can reduce this requirement and allow them to lend more that's the theory as i say it's relatively untested they only increased it for the first time last year and then very quickly uh, wound it back after the Brexit vote uh, in June. So the the Bank of England today said that because of concerns specifically about riskier lending by the banks, in, in particular in unsecured consumer credit, but also in areas like commercial property lending and a, a couple of other areas. They, they are increasing it to 0.5%. And they promised also, which surprised some people, that they will increase it to 1% uh, by the end of the year. And that in total means that the, the banks will have their, their, their requirements have been increased by over £11 billion, to put a, a monetary figure on that. The market seem to have taken this um, in their stride. As I say, it's not a complete surprise. We did expect the, the Bank of England Financial Policy Committee to take some action on consumer credit in particular. They're worried about things like unsecured credit card debt and also car lending, so auto lending, where the banks are competing very fiercely. The interest rates are obviously incredibly low and they're worried about overall household debt increasing because of this freely available and cheap credit. And they the, the figures on, on that have been increasing um, pretty rapidly. In fact, in the year to April, consumer credit grew 10.3% on an annualised basis. So that sort of gives you an idea of how uh, rapidly it's been expanding. And there's worries that pockets of risk are are increasing. 
concerning news. Well, that's it for this week. All that's left for me to do is to thank Martin here in the studio, James Chappell from Berenberg, our guest, and also thank you for listening. Remember, you can keep up to date with all of the latest banking stories at ft.com slash banking. Banking Weekly was produced by Jyotsna Singh. Until next week, goodbye.